Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Wide Men Can Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network, located at blogtalkradio.com slash widemencantjump. We're brought to you by the law offices of Stephen P. New, wowfreecam.com, and facebook.com slash makeupkennedy. You can check us out anywhere and everywhere you find podcasts. Now, for the hosts of your flagship program, here's Tom Robinson and Nate Bush. Yo, what's up, what's up? It's Nate, TR's here in the house, and we're also joined by that Canadian swamp rat, Tim Dombrova. So, all three of your wide men are in the house tonight. So, gentlemen, happy Wednesday, happy NBA, and Tim, um, happy some weird holiday, you Canadian weirdo. Uh, Moose Day. Okay, we'll go with that. Happy Moose Day. That'll work. TR? Roll with it. Thomas is uh, yeah, you... apparently here, but his, his, he's 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 not lit up on the on the board. Oh, let me see here. T R, you with us, buddy? Tom says he's here. Let's, let's he try must now. have himself muted. Yeah, uh, there, there he is. Go. And there he went. Hold on. Fucking... Hold on. How about now? Hello. There he yeah, is. Says he's, says he's, says he's don't hit no goddamn buttons. You had me on like ten times. You fucking nuts. Anyway, we had we had you on once. <laughs> I love you too, Thomas. Good day. <laughs> I, I would start talking my Yalza intro, and and you'd be like, boop, and I'd be off again, and be like, oh, he's not there anymore. <laughs> not anymore. Anyway. You're producing right now uh, is equivalent of Brett Brown's uh, last second play he drew up. But anyway, how you guys doing? <laughs> nice. Nice. That was wow. good. Hanging in there. Still on baby watch. No kids yet. Any day now. Could be uh, tomorrow. Well, it's kind of good that, that, that Tim's on. I don't know if it's a coincidence, but, you know, just in case, for whatever reason, we're not on air uh I want to say, uh, hang tight. It's going to be the greatest day of your life, and et cetera, et cetera. And hope everything's healthy and everything works. If we don't talk on air, well, thank you. I very much appreciate that. Oh, I, um, I fully plan when I read the announcement that baby has arrived. I'm going live on the network. <laughs> well, there you I'm go. I'm not kidding. A live I'm not update. Kidding. I'm about going my live. Child. There will be at least a. There will be a ten-minute tribute to, to the baby bush. Bring a it. cam, bring a cam in there for our for our fans in Angola and Morocco to see the birth of uh, <laughs> Kate Bush. <laughs> Spain, Spaniards really like uh, uh, delivery room videos. I'm told. Yeah, I'm somebody. I'm not doing that, but all right, sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, you should get a picture of of at least him holding like a button or something. Man. Yeah, I mean, let's just uh, you know, Oof. we uh, it's a respectful uh, comment because we respect the lovely Autumn, uh, your bride and mother to be. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But that Armando's sneaky. If the kid comes out with a USC or a uh, 49ers <laughs> jersey on. <laughs> Armando has paid the, paid the doctor to, to stamp him, uh, Trojans. <clears throat> Got a Trojans tattoo coming out. I can't have that. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <clears throat> Anyhow. Worse if he comes. Worse if he comes out with a trust the process tattoo. Oh God. <laughs> you know. You know. Uh, I'd have to be a trust distant uh, god uncle. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's kind of our job to, to teach him in the ways around, of. Uh, Probably sired by one NBA of, uh, stuff. Probably sired by one of the burner accounts of uh, Mr. Delangelo. Uh, <laughs> uh, I forget the know. names, man. I should have wrote down the names. I forget the damn names. They were so funny, though. Eric Jr. or something like, like that. Johnson one forty-eight or something like that. <laughs> yeah, darky. Uh, what a sad day that was when we found out that wasn't wow. his real name. But oh well. Anyway. In case you didn't know, this is our 51st episode. Next week will mark the one-year anniversary, Halloween night, 2018, and we've already got guests lined up that will be joining us next week. More on that to come later. We're going to have a great, great night to celebrate all things Wide Men Can't Jump. And not a lot of podcasts make it a year. We've made it a year. Uh, that's going to be a celebration. Of course, we're going to bring you NBA news and updates and highlights and everything like that. But, of course, we want to make sure we have a celebration. So some old favorites will be jumping on with us for just a few seconds, a few minutes, and celebrating our one-year anniversary next week. Looking forward to it. Um, And any of you people out there who've enjoyed us in any country, if they sell Coors Light, um, just ship it to Nate's, uh, find Nate's account and ship it to him and he'll get it to me. <laughs> I'll find a way to get it there. But uh, let's go ahead and start talking a little hoops. As usual, we'll go back to our original format. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. We normally talk T-Wolves 76ers to start the show, as that is mine and Tom's favorite teams. And Tim really wanted to get in on the 76er talk, I can just tell. So, Tom, 76ers, we're one week into the season. Thoughts? Concerns? Uh, I think that, uh, you know, we were in, in a position to, to win the game last night. Uh, uh, Markel, uh, yeah, I, I, defensively, I put in T.J. McConnell. And uh, I think our team, you know, we need to grow. We need growth. Uh, so we lost again and we're 2-2 two and two when everybody thought we were going to be the number two seed. And Milwaukee's going to kill us tonight. And I'm looking for Jaleel. Joel, Markel, it's a uh, fucking Brett Brown, you fucking retard. <laughs> <laughs> Brett Brown. <laughs> oh, gets Ilya Sova and fucking Bellinelli <clears throat> handed to him last season, who single-handedly had a 16-game win streak and made the, the weakest 52-win team in the history of the NBA. And, you know, everybody wants to throw a parade already. Then you got this gazelle, and that's not—that's usually a compliment with that Jerry Curl fucking. Let's just say he plays like a fancy boy to not be totally politically incorrect in 2018. Markel Fultz all of a sudden shoots six for nine, and the heat's on Brett, even though Brett's an idiot, and we'll get back to that later. But <clears throat> he replaces him 
with TJ. TJ defensively, uh, you know, admittedly isn't as strong as he was in years past. And Ish Smith had a couple plays that were, uh, you know, um, made it look bad. Quite frankly, uh, you know, when Ish Smith can can do something on you, TJ's got to work a little harder. But the reality is that's what the, this whole stupid city was talking about. Like Markel Fultz, because he shot six for nine, ignoring the fact that he quit, he can't defend anyone. Uh, got taken out like every other game, and you can't have that fucking goofball in at the second half of the game. The reason they lost is the final play drew up. You have a seven foot two fucking asshole Tosa Posos. Fucking uh, in, instead of posting up, he's going to get hacked. He, he couldn't even post up with Zaza Pachulia last night. He's going to get hacked at the very least, if not win it, if he get the ball to him down low. Uh, where'd you get the ball to him? Did you, either of you guys watch the game? It's about a no. three-point line, was it not? Yeah, about five feet behind the three-point line, and he shot a three-pointer like he's Steph Curry. Seven-foot-fucking-two, proclaiming to be the best fucking defensive player, and he's going to bring us and all this. Uh, he ain't bringing me nothing except my fucking <laughs> lunch when he's a fucking orderly at the old folks home, a big dumb fuck. 33 points and smiling and all cocky. You lost, dummy. You lost. Blake Griffin's 92. Can't even jump as high as me anymore and scores 50 on you. Fuck you, Joel Embiid. Asshole. God. Well, I think, you know, the reason some of that happened, Thomas, because apparently Joel is uh, already planning for his second career as a real estate magnet. (laughs) He is busy... Uh, renting real estate in, uh, I believe it was what uh, Andre Drummond. He 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 owned ah. real estate in Andre Drummond's head. I hear after after a loss, which is a brave thing to say after you just got beat. And then I just saw, I don't know if either of you saw it, that he has been uh, cited from by the league for flopping. No, I I, I didn't <laughs> see that, but I, I know I knew. For Warren for violating right. the anti-flopping rule, and Andre Drummond's technical foul has been rescinded from last night's game. Well, uh, last season, uh, we owned Detroit. And you could say that's the difference between uh, Van Gundy and uh, the best coach in the league, whose name I can't think of now, the coach of the year last year. Dwayne Casey. Thank you. I'm bad with names. I'm really getting Alzheimer's early. Anyhow, <clears throat> um I, I DVR'd it because, you know, the work's been uh, plentiful in, in many different ways. So, And I've yet to really analyze the whole game, but I saw the important parts. And it's just like – and now we're going on a back-to-back to Milwaukee, who looks like they're going to win 82 games this year. I don't know, man. I don't know. But, I, but uh, I cut myself off on your point, Tim. Uh, he buried Drummond really? last year, both on the court and, and verbally. And, uh, you know, to say that shit after the game, after they just fucking lost, and he he missed the winning shot. And I think it was Covington who blew the assignment and went for fucking Blake Griffin's uh, uh, family cookout. Your grandpa put your hand up and jump, and then the guy fucking drives on you. Jesus Christ, that was the easiest end well, one I ever the, saw. They went at it on Twitter. Uh, Embiid wrote, uh, I think a lot of lo- I own a lot of real estate in his head. We lost, so I'm not supposed to talk trash, but he knows damn well he can't guard me, to which Drummond responded, if that's so, he wouldn't be so excited to have me off the floor. 
think about it. What a stupid statement. I'll take the W, though. Enjoy the flight home. Hashtag Emmy award-winning actor. I guess oh. for the flaw. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I don't know who's renting space and who's head there, but uh, perhaps, like, uh, I don't know. You know, when you win, that gives you the right to, to talk a little bit of trash. But when you lose... I don't know, you know, you probably got better things to do than to start Twitter wars with other players. Perhaps you See, should concentrate big, on your game on your game some more. Just saying. If that big dumb bastard would keep his mouth shut. Last season, prime example when Oklahoma City we went to like overtime and he was talking shit to Russell Westbrook and pointing at him and whatnot. Russell Westbrook could shit more talent than Joel Embiid. Give if, if the fucker would be in the league five years and produce something like a victory, or even win an MVP, talk shit to Russell Westbrook. Guess what the result of that game was too? On our home floor, we lost. But he's waving and shit, and he's smiling, he's pointing. He ain't got the chops to fucking fuck with Russell Westbrook. I'm tired of this fucking. The big man's gonna lead us. Lead us where? To the fifth seed? Fuck him. If he shuts well, up we, and plays it. Talk is cheap. Yeah, if he matter. shuts up. If he shuts up and, and, and uh, you know, puts up 33 and 11, then I'm going to be like, okay, I'm, I, I got your back 100%. But if you shit talk and you're 2-2 two and two when you're the darling team of fucking 37 national TV games, I mean, I hate to say it, I want, I want the Greek freak to go off for 50 tonight and have two days in a row 50, 50 uh, point scorers against these fucking overrated fucking hacks. Man. Well, mate. <laughs> How do you really feel? Damn. Do you, do you have as much love for the Timberwolves as Tom has for the Sixers, Nate? You know what? Let me tell you about the Wolves. The other night, they play, um, they kick off the season losing effort to the Spurs, and Jimmy Butler's dumbass jumps on TV, of course, because he's got 100, 105 microphones in front of his face, and says, you know, I like the way we, they that this team fought tonight. Well, where the fuck was this in the offseason, you motherfucker? You're on there running your cocksucker, talking about how they don't fight, they don't play hard. But, yeah, here you come, and now you're praising them because they fought hard against the Spurs. That was opening night, by the way, a 112-108 loss in which Andrew Wiggins scored 20 points and finished it even in the plus-minus. So he actually played some defense. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns has shit the bed here so far this season. Nothing impressive from Cat. The other night he had a decent game, but um, Towns twenty three. Towns is where I'll, I'll let you keep talking. But Towns is just scared. He's got a cuck, you know, uh, Jimmy Butler's come from his girlfriend's uh, vagina every night. He, he wanted him out of town. Yeah, apparently, like Towns is. I think Towns is going to play bad until Butler's gone, and that's just almost where I'm Absolutely. looking at because he had. Eight points the first night, and then in the win against Cleveland, they beat Cleveland. Towns has twelve and nine, finishes at plus two, uh, trying to trying to play defense. Of course, Butler goes off at thirty three in the win, and you know the crowd booed him at first. Then they start cheering him. You know what? Boo the fuck out of that motherfucker. We don't need him. We need it. Do we need him to win right now? Absolutely. But if he's gone, can we not get better? We can because we don't have that negativity surrounding us. And plus, his knee. Uh, when it falls out halfway through the season again this year, we won't have to worry about that issue. 
All right, Carl Anthony Towns did show up against Dallas, and this this was the game that the Wolves did lose, and Butler did not play due to quote rest issues. He play he did not play this game. Wolves lose by four on the road. We're very much in the game. A ridiculous push off call by the Dallas Mavericks um, was missed, and they called a foul. Towns had thirty one. Teague had twenty two. Wiggins nineteen. Wiggins finished at plus eight, Towns at minus five, and uh, rookie Josh Kogi finished at plus three, and he actually got the start tonight for Wiggins. Um, Derrick Rose has been solid off the bench, 28 points, five rebounds, five assists that night for the Wolves. And so I'm just kind of taking you through each game they've played so far, getting uh, summing up here. They did beat the Indiana Pacers, which I think was a huge win for them. They, uh, Towns has 17 and 14. Uh, during that game, and they win 101 to 91 over the Pacers. And you know the Pacers' young core had a good night. Oladipo had 20, Turner 16, Bogdanovich 20. But if you can hold the Pacers to 91, wouldn't you think your defense showed up? I mean, Towns had a double double. Butler had 20. Akoki had 12. With and Wiggins only had two because he got hurt in the first quarter. Uh, Tyus Jones had some big shots. Uh, but that, that Kogi, man, he, he's playing well. I mean, I really like this kid. He, he's played great so far. Finished at plus eight in the plus minus. Uh, other than Anthony Tolliver and Tyus Jones, had the highest plus minus of anyone on the team. And he actually played 25 minutes, or 24 and a half. So, big win there. And right now they are playing the Toronto Raptors. And as of right now, it is a eight-point game in the second half. So the Wol- And they're on the road. No Wiggins tonight. So... Wolves hanging tough right now, and I like to see that. Did you uh, just as a as Tom a note, Thibodeau, uh, Mr. Le- Tom Thibodeau and Mr. Jimmy Leonard Butler has kissed my points. ass. What is it? Kawhi Leonard has uh, 16 points tonight in the game already. Now Kawhi has 16. Well, I mean, isn't that Jimmy Butler's For man? Tomorrow. Isn't that who Jimmy Butler's supposed to guard? He should work harder. Well, Jim, uh, I have the game on the television. Uh, Jimmy Butler's got a whole five points so far, and is a minus 12. So, uh, if you believe yeah, in that, how much faith you put in that That's because his man stat. taking him to school. Why don't you work a little harder, Jimmy? Uh, Jimmy's uh, got to keep his hands, got to keep his fingers in strength so he can s- sign those big deposit slips. Jimmy's an asshole. <laughs> uh, don't tell Rachel Nichols that. She's waiting in fucking room 707 in the Toronto Sky Mall or some shit. <laughs> She's a bitch, Jimmy to get done. <laughs> At the dome. <laughs> They don't what a whore she is. Anyway. Oh, an understatement, but yeah. You have Indeed. groupies for but, you have groupies for rock and roll. You have ring rats slash arena rats for professional wrestling. I don't know what they call the basketball groupies. What the fuck do you call them? Red headed fucking show hosts? Yeah, exactly. Great. <laughs> you got reporter. my gist. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there's quite a few of them rolling around out there. No, not now. Let's not let's 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 hedge that. Not all female reporters are whores for basketball players. No, no Ramona, Ramona Shelbourne's fine. She just had a kid with her. I real don't man think or something. I don't think Cheryl Burke is after any of the young guys on the court. Yeah, or Doris, Doris Burke. Doris, excuse me, Doris Burke. Cheryl, I think Cheryl yeah. Burke's somebody else who's hot, but. Cheryl Miller is who I'm thinking. I think wasn't Cheryl Burke yeah. that bitch on Dancing with the Stars? <laughs> Maybe that's it. 
But, uh, yeah, I don't think Doris Burke or or Cheryl Miller are out there trying to seduce young basketball players. If anything, Cheryl Burke's going to take them off the dribble, or Cheryl uh, Miller's going to take them off the dribble to the hoop. Yeah. I never... Yeah, I, I better be quiet because my political correctness is about to shatter this podcast, or my <laughs> lack thereof. Well, <laughs> so, that's, anyway. that's our teams. We took 20 minutes to, to bitch about our respective teams. Meanwhile, both are 2-2 two and two in the standings as of right now, and the Wolves have actually cut that lead down to four here in the second quarter, so not bad there. Uh, Philadelphia sitting at the sixth seed right now, right behind Boston, who's also 2-2. Two and two. And uh, a lot of surprises here. Of course, very, very early in the season. Don't put the cart in front of the horse. So, um, But as of right now, leading the East is the Raptors and the Bucks, And leading the West, write this one down, if you saw this coming, the Denver Nuggets and the New Orleans Pelicans. Well... My three seed Pelicans, and uh, admittedly a team I liked, but not as I wasn't as high on as you, the Denver Nuggets. So, uh, in one breath, we say don't too, put too much stock in the first week, but uh, the teams that are playing well, if they don't get injured, I don't see that dropping off. Well, the Nuggets are actually playing hurt, too. Will Barton's been out. So, I mean, it's one of those things. We're going to talk to uh, T.J. McBride. He's a beat writer at Mile High Sports, and we're going to talk about the Nuggets and how well they've done here on this show. And we've got some Celtics talk headed your way. I know we got a lot of Celtics fans out there that listen to the show, so don't panic. I see you, Nick. I know we're going to talk Celtics. You can watch You can watch your Red Sox for a little while, and then we're going to talk Celtics. So you gonna, can tune back in. I was going to say Nick's probably knee-deep in the baseball game right now. So Probably, probably. Um, and Armando's sitting over there as well. He, you know, he and Armando on our fan page have actually been having a nice little back and forth. Armando's a Dodgers fan. Nick's a, a Red Sox fan. Armando's a uh, – a uh, 49ers fan, Nick's a Rams fan. So, man, oh, man, these two have been jarring. And, you know, all in good-natured fun. So, I mean, we're I glad love to Armando, see but, uh, I love Armando, but really, dude, you got to get on board with a winning team. Trojans, nah. 49ers. Nah, I'm, a, I'm a Tampa <laughs> fan. I can't say much. Uh, better than the 49ers, but this isn't a football broadcast. So anyway. <laughs> it's not. It's not. But, anyway, let's uh, let's go ahead and – Let's talk about the elephant in the room, as they would say. Last Which one week, of us? in case. Hey, <laughs> In case yeah. you missed it last week, there was a little bit of what we like to call a scuffle on the NBA court, in case you haven't been watching ESPN. And they interviewed Brian Whitehorst about this. Can you believe they got Brian Whitehorst for something not LeBron related? Yeah, and something he's probably he's never, something oh, he's probably LeBron never been there. involved in either. LeBron was there. He was on the court though, so it's, it's all about him. Come on now. Yeah, <clears> it really was. Um, the windhorse he's probably never been in a fight in his life, unless he got fat shamed in third grade. But whatever. <laughs> he's probably gotten into a fight with LeBron's security guard, saying, "Dude, you really need to stay away from him." Uh, anyway, take your take your take his cock out of your mouth, you fatso. <laughs> the views of Tom I thought Robinson. You were, I thought you were. That does. Uh, that does kind of. I thought you. Were, I, think. I thought you were just an overweight white chick until I got closer. Now get out of here. Go work for ESPN or something. <laughs> well, 
In case you missed it, Rajon Rondo and Chris Paul got into a scuffle on the court the other night. There was a lot of jaw jacking, and it appeared, allegedly, that Chris Paul was spit on by Rajon Rondo. Allegedly. That's again, because Rajon Rondo says, God damn it, because Rajon Rondo says that he didn't spit on anyone, and Chris Paul swears up and down he did. And if you look close enough, it looks like he did spit on him, but that caused Chris Paul to put his finger right in Rajon Rondo's face, and Rajon Rondo got it, had enough and came out swinging, connecting with Paul, punching the president of the Players Union right in the face. And yeah, that's always good. Yeah, always smart. And that led to some suspensions that I do want to bring up here because there was a, a melee on the court in Staples Center. Or there was a fight night in the L.A. limelight, as one would say. Uh, nice. I made that up. Well, that's the name of the show, so I made that up. Uh, there's a uh, – let me find the suspensions here, if I can find them here. I, I had retweeted them the other day. Now if I can get through all my hateful comments that I decided to give – uh, because I, I I really did get mad watching some of these games the other night, but man, oh man, uh, let me see if I can see the suspension. At least I thought I saw the suspensions. I may not have. Uh, well, I know the scarecrow came in and threw a few fucking is. punches. There it Go is. Go ahead. You know uh, they, Brandon, I don't know what they got, Brandon but the Ingram. rumor. Right. Go ahead. Brandon Ingram is suspended four games. Rajon Rondo three games, and Chris Paul two games. Or fighting the other night. Go ahead. Hmm. Uh, which I, I had watched on, uh, I can't remember if it was first take or whichever one it was, but they had suspected that the Rondo and Paul would get a five apiece, and the other guy would get ten. <clears throat> so two, three, and, uh, and four is a far cry from any of that. Um, in Rondo's defense, for those who think he's outright lying about spitting, he just, uh, I believe, legitimately, he, he believed he was spitting on Cliff Paul from State Farm. <laughs> and, and rumor has it they're going to be bringing in the, uh, the uh, Clinton DNA Monica Lewinsky team to check the jury. Mm. Nice. Ooh. Ooh. Well, we won't get into that, got, but. Got to be some DNA evidence there somewhere if you spit on them, right? Uh, yeah, supposedly. His DNA was coming much like the, uh, old Bill. Is, uh, we have Bill in the house. Is Bill here? Did, uh, does Bill want to comment on that on that uh, cross cross reference? I don't believe that you should be bringing my name into this. There was no evidence Hillary. of a love state. So please, All right, Mr. Bill, sorry to bother you. Hell, Hillary, uh, how the hell did I get what's here? The, what's the NBA, Hillary? Hey, hey Bill, uh, we don't need you, my bad. Ariana Grande's got a concert around uh, upstairs in your house somewhere. Just go up and check it out. Oh, <laughs> I, like, I like her. She's quite a good performer. Yeah, yeah. Hillary, make her a drink. See you, Bill. Poor, poor Bill. But yeah, when I when I uh, when I heard that the spitting thing, well, I don't know if he did it or not either. Um, did what a scummy move! 
that there's just no it excuse looked, for that. It looked like he did on the it. video, but again, it was like they had to zoom in to like microscopic levels to find this out. And I maintain yeah, that I, I'm going to need to. Yeah, I'm going to require happened, more evidence than that. But if he did if do it, it's a scum move. A, if this had, had went down in a Detroit Pistons versus uh, you know Milwaukee Bucks game with anybody not named uh, the Greek Freak, nobody would have gave two shits. Like, if this was the Atlanta Hawks playing the Orlando Magic, this wouldn't even have made front-page news. But it happened with Chris Paul. It happened uh, in L.A. with all the stars on TV. LeBron James was there trying to break it up. So everybody had to make a big deal out of it. Yeah, it's a big deal. Don't get me wrong. Is is Ray Rondo aware that he's probably not even going to be playing in L.A. next year? Does he know that? I think he's auditioning. He's trying to get picked back up. But, uh, you know, the Lakers well, have started out. In, isn't that what the entire team is doing there? Isn't this basically. season for the Lakers basically an audition to see who gets along with LeBron or vice versa, and those that don't are going to be gone next year? It, it seems well, that way. In the case of Rondo. In the case of Rondo, he don't know where the fuck he's at. He thinks he's playing in fucking Boston still. Okay, well, is it true? I I heard on a podcast that Rondo doesn't like himself. Is that is that the genuine? Is that the the group consensus? <laughs> that that he, would shock me. Would not shock that me. That he's pretty much that he's pretty much a hundred percent a dick to pretty much everybody, including that he don't like himself in the morning. Like no, that's that, not that out of character long. for him to be a to be a jerk. That was uh, about Rondo not liking himself. That was. Not him. That was one of our off-air conversations when I was sad eating at 3 a.m., but I don't know why you had to bring that up. Anyway. <laughs> well, I like to shame you every now and then. Yeah. Anyhow. Well, uh, speaking of the Lakers, the um, remember the 7-2 and two betting odds that the Los Angeles Lakers had heading into this season, and TR and I thought that was ridiculous? The Lakers are 0-3 to start the season. And people are surprised. You know what I say to that? Why are you surprised? Why are you surprised? We told you. Background makes an appearance again. Background's team dropped 44 in the first quarter, I think it was. Doncic had like 13, and Trey Young was fucking singing for the bars like he should be. It had zero. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it was been a beating. But uh, the Lakers are 0-3. And, yeah, again, it's early. And you know what? TR and I made predictions. We said the Thunder would be sitting at the second seed come time the playoffs roll around. I still believe that. He still believes that. Granted, they're 0-3 right now and haven't won a game. But I still believe they're going to win. I still believe they're going to be the two seed. I also said the Chicago Bulls would make the playoffs at the eighth seed. Right now, they have not won a game. I still maintain that they will. I'm, I think they will. They'll put it together. They don't have their team yet. Mark, and it ain't there. Chris Dunn yeah, took off the Sixers the, game for the birth of his child. Denzel out. Valentine. He's out with an injury now. Okay. Denzel Valentine. Uh, I don't know if he's still out, but he was out, et cetera. They'll be all right. Fucking Bobby Portis will make that team all right, or he'll kick all their asses. He will. He will. And, you know, Cleveland is 0-3, and they've got their team, and they haven't won a game. They haven't even looked good. Okay, well, what is the – 
Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm the rookie here. What is the uh, general consensus in NBA, uh, in those who are in the know, um, 15 games, 20 games? Is that kind of the benchmark for what a team is really going to be? Uh, Usually, I yeah. Think... I like to – go ahead. Go ahead, Nate. You can say what you, what you feel, and then I'll, 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 I won't say it by games. I'll say what month. I usually call it in December. I usually say that's when you know how good a team is. Um, come December, right around Christmas, you look at a team's record, you can kind of figure out where you think they're going to end up from there, depending on injuries and, you know, who's coming back, who's who's out, what's going to happen. But around, around December is when you really can assess a team. These early games, while they are important, they're more of a measuring stick and a, a bonding experience uh, for the teams. They start – the season starts in October, but you don't know what you've got until about December. Well, and there's there's always one team that comes out and 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 is a barn burner, and nobody can figure out why, and then they quietly fade into nothing. And there's always the powerhouse that everybody's oh they're you know kind of like the Patriots in football oh they're you know they're not as good as they were last year. And then you look up halfway through the season and they're you know seven and two or whatever it is. Basketball, I'm going to guess, is kind of the same way. Yes, uh, it is, but not not as as uh, dramatically as, as football changes. But but certainly you're on the right track there. Oklahoma City and Indiana, for instance, will will be playing a lot better in the next about. You know, I don't know when it's going to kick over, or kick in, but you know, you'll look up in a month and you'll be like, oh, they came out of the shoot on three. Fuck, now they're in first place. It's one of them deals. So. Well, so you, you, you also think that you think usually around rises TR? to the top. You usually think around December as well, TR? Well, I'm glad you said around Christmas because I was going more to uh, January. Um, but, you know, if if you're talking late December or early January, we're on the same page. Fair enough. Yeah, okay. Makes sense. But, um, you know, another another thing that you can look at from these first few weeks is you can kind of you can kind of see – Who's who's made the right choice in the off season? Who's adapting well to their new environment? And who's not? Um, DeAndre Jordan has fit in in Dallas like a glove. I mean, he's he's playing great there. Another guy who's playing well, even though the team doesn't have a win, he's playing well. Is Dennis Schroeder in Oklahoma City? He's really taken to that system with Westbrook being out uh, most of the uh, there for the first couple of games, and he's just now getting back into shape. Schroeder stepped up, kept all those games relatively close. I don't think they ever really got blown out per se, but he's played well. Uh, and the Thunder, I still think the Thunder are going to be an elite team. They're going to put about 10 or 12 games together, have a huge win streak, and everybody's going to be sitting around going, well, they were they started off really slow. I don't think they're going to be very good. They, they need to trust the process or something, man. No, not the way it works. The, the Thunder are going to put it together. They're going to be a good team. Yes, sir. I agree. All right. Well, anyway, the Raptors lead like, the Wolves. I, I would have kept going. Uh, awkward silence with three voices. What the fuck's wrong with us? We've only been doing this a year. But go ahead. No, I was just saying the Raptors are leading the Wolves uh, 57-48 at the half. Um, that don't matter. The Wolves are actually. The Wolves are actually shooting. Uh, I 
actually shooting well from three, believe it or not. I'm trying to check my eyes here. Um, they're actually, their three-point percentage is, is rather good right now. They were seven of ten. Let me see what the update on that is. I'm sure they'll. Seven I'm sure 12. they'll screw it up. Seven of twelve. Okay, so fifty-eight percent from three. I'll take it. Of course, most of that's Butler and Rose and Tolliver. So, uh, but you got to take that at this point. So that's, that's Doc, pretty good. Dr. The town's Phil. only seven and four Dr. In, the, in the first half. Go ahead. Doctor Doctor Phil wants to intervene for you, Nate. Uh, hold on. Hey Doc. Hey, is this Nathan? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you have ever been in a work environment where you've had an uncomfortable relationship with with a coworker. Have Have you ever been in that situation, Nathan? I ha- I have, Doc. I have. Well, common knowledge and just common sense would tell you that if you're uncomfortable at your job, you may not perform at a high level. Does that make sense, Nathan? Yeah, I mean, so maybe you should take it easy on 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 Cat, as you call him, and uh, put yourself in his position because is his job. I can't. I have to be hard on Doc. Nobody else is going to be. I have to be. All right. Will you take my help? I'm going to do everything I can. I'm going to get the best <laughs> psychiatrist, best psychologist. Anyway, back after the break. <laughs> Sorry, Doc. Doc's gone. Oprah. He just went. He made it. He made a good point. Where's catering, Oprah? I'll follow you to catering. Can't do Doc. Uh, can't do Doc as well as I used to because I'm laying down instead of sitting up doing the podcast. <laughs> back after the break. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you've ever, if you've ever seen the show, that's exactly what it's like. It gets real all philosophical oh, and it's all oh, it dramatic. It. We'll be right back I, after the break. I've seen it. I've seen it. But, gentlemen, it was well done. we are 30 minutes into the show right now, and I made a promise last week there would be a return this week. And you know what it's time for? Bush, Bush That's right. Bush League is back this week, and we have got some nominees for Bush League's head of the head of the class this week. And boy, we've got some doozies. Are you gentlemen ready for the greatness that is Bush League? I like the new intro. If that is new, but I, I missed a couple shows. Maybe you've had that all the time. I don't know. Frank told me to tell you he'd like to uh, nominate Carmen for Bush League from down at the pub. Who? Carmen, See, that's where down, I you know, that waitress down at the bar, he'd like to nominate her for Bush League. Oh, okay. Well, oh, God damn it, Frank. It was Frank that Frank lost. something. Yeah. But anyway, Frank, Bush yeah. League. <laughs> Our number one name. Bush League this week. Glenn Taylor and Tom Thibodeau from the Minnesota Timberwolves. You're supposed to trade Jimmy Butler in the offseason, yet here we are. Fifth game of the season, and he's still there causing commotion, causing a ruckus, being an annoyance. Folks, you know what that is? That's Bush. Bush League. You hear me? That's right. That's Bush League. Bush League nominee number 
What? An elaborate work between Tibbs and Butler to toughen up Wiggins and Cat. The Cat's <laughs> too scared to get it. But go ahead. Okay, then. Well, Bush League nominee number two this week is got to be Rajon Rondo. You punched the head of the union in the face, Rajon Rondo. What are you doing, kid? He's the rep of the players' union, and you punched him in the face. If anything happens now, Rajon Rondo's going to have a rough time, and now he's making enemies out of Chris Paul. His insurance rates are going up. You know what else is happening to you, Rajon Rondo? You've made it, too. I mean, that is Bush League. That is Bush League, if I've ever heard of Bush League. The third nominee for Bush League this week is yours truly, Nate Bush. And here's Uh-oh. why. I've made Bush League. I know, I know. Taking aback. But ladies and gentlemen, if you follow the Wide Men Can't Jump Podcasting Network page on Facebook... <laughs> Tim no, TR and myself, Tim TR and myself always make picks on what's going to happen. Picks against the spread, pick winners, over and unders, to help you bet. And if you've bet with me this week, holy shit, are you mad at me? Yes, I have had one of the worst betting weeks in history, and I believe my record now sits at thirteen twenty-one and one with uh, the possibilities of getting back on track. But stick with me, folks. But for the first week of picking games, picking winners against the spread, the over-unders, I I am this. It's Bush League. Ah. Yes, well, even I have Nate, to in your def- in, in your defense, Nate, part of that was that you were, in fact, looking up at the NFL instead of the NBA. But True. True, you're right. He, he <laughs> yeah, I mean, had a, it's pretty hard to go, you know, the spreads are quite a bit different in the NFL, and, you know, you've got to be in the right league. So once we got that straightened out, you've sort of gotten your act together a little bit. Yeah, but uh, well, advice, Nate, uh, as a as a father-to-be, a guy that's, uh, quote, been around that kind of scene for a while, even at 6'5", and uh, God knows how much you weigh now, 407, last I checked. I don't know. Anyhow. <laughs> Not that big. Jesus. <laughs> Um, don't don't find an Italian bookie down there in West Virginia because it's easier to hide a big body. Anyway, just word of advice. I mean, no, you don't no one to. can blame you, Nate, for uh, looking at the game and going, well, I'm going to take the over. The over's, you know, 42 and a half. I mean, that's a pretty safe pick, actually, but, you know, it was NFL, so. Well, you don't have Good to boy. worry, folks. I'm going to keep picking. And even if I don't win, I keep on picking. Thomas Bain has even pointed out he hopes Stephen P. New is a good bankruptcy <laughs> attorney. So we'll see what happens. But those, I have put up picks for this week, for today, no. and I'll have some more up tomorrow. And uh, I'm nominating myself for Bush League after my subpar performance. No, that, should, and, uh, that should never be a I concern because we've always made it quite clear not to play with money you can't afford to lose. Oh, yeah. and I'm not putting any, hey, I'm not putting any money on it. I'm just throwing picks out. Well, there. even if you were, don't don't vent the, don't pay don't use the mortgage payment, people. That's not wise. No, no, of course Only not. Only mad money. And these and these are, are not guarantees. These are picks. Fuck. The, the views expressed are those of Tim and Nate alone. You can fucking pick mine and bet your house on my shit. 
because I fucking nailed the ah. NFL in college this past weekend. Yeah, this week. <laughs> don't worry well, about it. Don't, don't we make me bring up week four, motherfucker. Where we both languished <laughs> so far in the negatives, we've just decided not to talk about it. I teared well, off, I tore off my, my rearview mirror. If you take Tom's picture, more than likely you're going to do all right. But that this week, folks, that has been Bush League. Bush, Bush League. It's an extremely yeah. seductive hey, Bush, exit hey, and hey, intro. Bush, Bush League, the fourth fucking entrance should have been your goddamn connection. It sounded like... <laughs> You sounded like fucking. You sounded like Susan Smith drowning her children driving a car and blaming it on black people. Oh damn! <laughs> that damn. Like I was at the club there at that ending, though. I just Wait, don't care. I, all these offers I'm getting, I, I'm bringing the heat tonight because of uh, to smarten the fans up. We're getting some offers from different places. And uh, unless it's Powerball-like numbers, I ain't changing a motherfucking thing. Politically incorrect, honesty, that's what the people want. That's what the great Mark Madden, that's why he has number one ratings in Pittsburgh, because he's honest. And uh, I'm going to stick that way. Wait until uh, people see our new advertisers. Wait until I, <laughs> yeah. I can't, I can't <laughs> wait. I'm, I'm, I'm getting in bed with them, too. As soon as you're ready to read it, Nate, I'll read it. Well, we I got that get coming. In bed with them. <laughs> that's coming next month. So uh, we do have some new advertisements heading your way next month. So stick around for that. But uh, and I, I, and I really enjoy. hope that we'd. I'd like to get that offensive crayon thing going again. I got ideas for those people. Oh yeah, yeah. We, I've actually talked to the owner of Offensive Crayon, yeah, so I'm trying I, to extend I, the olive branch there. Uh, I, I, I hope she's listening because kind of, kind of. I hope she's not offended and she doesn't strike me as the type that would be. Good-looking woman. You come up with offensive crayons and you're going to be offended? Are you kidding me? Yeah, good, good-looking woman. Oh, by the way, by the way, quick update: the Dallas Mavericks and the Atlanta Hawks. The Hawks have come storming back. They are only down four now after being down twenty-five Hello. earlier in the game. Somebody let the Rockets know that the game had actually started and they weren't just in the shoot-around anymore. And Kent Bazemore has went off 23 points along with, with I, think, I think that is Tayshawn Prince. No, it's Tyreen Prince. Tarian. God damn it. Tarian Prince. Yes, Tarian Prince, yes. Uh, Trey Young has five points, and he's minus nine right now. But Luka Doncic is still rolling that, uh... 14 points. On the night, six rebounds. DeAndre Jordan's already got a double-double, so that game is, is looking to finish out very interestingly. The Cleveland Cavaliers are down 21 right now at the end of the third quarter against the Brooklyn Nets. If uh, you took one of my fantastic plays tonight, you definitely took the Nets. Uh, I had the Nets, I believe. Uh, what was there? They were plus two and a half. So the Nets were getting two and a half, and I took them tonight. So I'll hear it there. I also took the over at 224, so we're well on our way. To be in two winners there. Uh, halftime, Heat Knicks, 47-35. And I'm just kind of flipping through here. The Charlotte Hornets are trailing to our Chicago Bulls, 41-33 at the moment. It's early there. Um, let me let me bring up a game to TR this past week, Tim, because I don't think you would have saw it. But, TR, 
Milwaukee and Indiana played this past week, and that's two teams you and I talked about, and we were really, really high on this this off season. And it really was not much of a game. Don't know if you saw it. It was. Uh, let me try to find the final score here as they played each other. It was one eighteen one oh one. Greek Freak had yeah. twenty six points and fifteen rebounds as he was rolling against the Pacers. Yeah, he's, and he finished it he's pl- plus twenty. He's playing a different. I mean, it's, I, I shouldn't say different game. I shouldn't say different game, but he's playing a, a complete game out of his mind. If you, if you remember, before our preview show, and I'm kidding myself because I, I, I backed off, I had Milwaukee as the two seed, um, you know, a month before the season, and then I bitched up because I thought DiVincenzo was going to be a, a big contributor. And I didn't factor in that they, which you've said a couple times, they actually have a real coach now. And they're playing basketball besides their incredible talent. I mean, they got the, in my in my mind, one of the top talents in the league and uh, the future MVP and Giannis. But the, their, their team has a bunch of good players around them, not great players, but good players. And uh, they're playing my 76ers at 930, and I, I – I, Really looking forward to it because I'm sorry to change the subject again from the uh, Pacers and Bucks, but um, I'm really looking forward to it because it will be a slap in the Sixers' face one way or the other. Either last night was the slap and they'll show up and actually play, or tonight they will get fucking mud stomped. So yeah, uh, the Pacers. I, I'm not real worried, but but I did originally have the Bucks to be a two seed, thinking everybody forgot about them taking uh, the Celtics to seven games last year. They all won on their own home court, and they got better. So, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a little pissed at myself for changing my opinion on our preview show, but I still have faith in those Indiana Pacers. They'll get it together. Well, I'm looking at the plus minuses from the game. Chris Middleton, the leader on the plus side with 24. Greek Freak, Malcolm Brogdon, both at plus 14. Brooke Lopez, rim protector, plus 18. Eric Bledsoe, plus 17. Ilyasova, plus 13. Your boy, Dante DiVincenzo, plus 15 in 20 minutes of play. He had eight points, two rebounds, and a steal. And that, that's pretty solid. Greek Freak, you want to hear something crazy? Greek Freak shot 12 of 23 from the floor that night, 52% shooting. That's amazing to me that he shot that well from the floor, taking 23 shots. He's, he's uh, you know, I always say it because I'm not a, a self-credit taker. If if I was influenced by somebody else, I didn't think as highly as I do of him now. And you said, you got to watch him. He's, he's pleading. And I said, ah, he's just a dunker. He's nothing. I started watching him due to Nate Bush. I got to admit it on the air again. And damn if he ain't. I believe uh, right. he is, in my opinion, the best player right now in the NBA. It's between him and Anthony Davis, and I don't think it's even close. Uh, Tim, have you gotten to watch any of the Greek Freak play? Not really. Not really? But I hear you guys talk about him just about every week glowingly. So, no, most of the time, we get blessed with bloody Lakers games up here. That seems, I mean, I get the Toronto games, of course, but then everything else almost seems to be the Lakers. That was bloody as in, like, uh, an adjective that an English person 
A British yeah, person, I, not think, I should say. Well, after the fight, maybe, but real That's, not. But, uh, you got me. You went. You smelled what I was cooking. Yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> they, we, we Canada doesn't, you know, unfortunately, basketball has just not made the, even with the Raptors, it has not made the, the, the sports impact, especially because it's hockey season. So, of course, the sports networks are covered. You know, there's hockey games everywhere. Just a sprinkle of basketball. And the networks right. don't cover it anymore. Used to get the odd game on, uh, uh, you know, I don't even know what what network it was, but you know, ABC or NBC or whatever on a weekend or something like that. But you don't anymore because ESPN has pretty much gobbled that all up. So you don't see it. Don't see it too much north of the border. Yeah. Well, real quick, to... since 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 you're here and you're Canadian, I don't even know if this person's Canadian, but I always used to hate him as a Flyers guy, even though admittedly hockey's my fourth on the. Uh, depth chart of, of the major sports. But uh Ed Hospador was on a radio program I was uh, oh, yeah. listening yeah. I was listening to while I was driving earlier and I wanna have a beer with that guy. I mean I you know, he used to be obviously a hockey goon, uh, but he was he was really down to earth talking about how he really wasn't tough and uh, Bobby Clark the fuck out of him and this, that and the other. <laughs> he was like he, he was like, I'd fight anybody. I'm not going to lie, but I'm not like Ty Domi. Ty Domi actually wins. I just kept fighting people and getting beat up. I like the guy. But anyway, that's all my Canada NHL moment. I don't know if he's Canadian well, for, or American. For a quick plug, and then I'm I'm going to slide, because unfortunately the Wide Men Can't Jump Network has other requirements besides on-air personalities, and I must go deal with some editorial issues here at at the turn of the hour. But I'll throw out there for anybody who wants, for you, just particularly, Tom, Spittin' Chicklets is a, is a podcast by two ex-hockey players, and they talk to other ex-hockey players, and they go into the behind-the-scenes shit that you would never, ever hear on any sports show. And let me tell you, the NHL, I knew it was a fairly wild place, but the stories those guys tell on that show are incredible about what goes on when they're not out on the ice. Uh, there's, there's, a, that... there's actually a, um, and I'd love to have him on for a Sunday night roundtable one of these times. I've actually been in discussions with trying to bring him on. If you have Facebook, I recommend that you follow, if you can find him. I'm not going to give his actual name out on the air, but it is the guy who was Duke the Dumpster Drozzy. Uh He's on Facebook, and he posts some stories on there if you're a wrestling fan. I highly recommend that you read some of these because they're fantastic. And I'm trying. I'm in the process of talking to him. Uh, we may have him on a Sunday night roundtable to talk some wrestling. Well, he was just in the so. news, right? What is it? He was just in the news, right? Was he? Yeah, he uh, was on a podcast. Boy, I hate to get off the NBA stuff here, but quickly. He was on a wrestling podcast where he – uh, tells the story of how wasted he was at WrestleMania during the uh, the gimmick battle royal, and how oh utterly, yeah seventeen seventeen yeah and how utterly toasted he and just about everybody else was, and uh, yeah he 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 uh, did a total shoot. It's on uh, I saw it on one of the wrestling websites. But, I mean, that's enough of that. But yeah, so he he was in the news lately causing trouble. For the WWE, because yeah. of course they don't what? like to admit any of that was going on. Okay, yeah, I just found it, but yeah, definitely check out his page. He's got some interesting stuff. Uh, we'll try to have him on uh, one of our Sunday night roundtables. But Tim, thank you for joining us and shooting the shit with us for an hour here. 
my friend. You'll be back next week to the Wide Men One Year Celebration. If I'm not oh, mistaken, I'm bringing, I'm bringing Frank with me, so watch out. Ah, son of a bitch. All right, well, we'll have Frank, Frank back next week. So hell, why Frank not? cannot be denied. <laughs> he wouldn't miss it for the world. Come on. Well, but, uh, yeah, I'm, Tim, I'm, I'm off to I'm off to deal with Wide Men Can't Jump behind the scenes stuff. So have a good show, boys, and well, uh, we'll catch you next week. Well. While Tim makes his exit, we're going to take a second and tell you about our great sponsors at WowFreeCam.com. I'm too sexy for my love, too sexy for my love, love's going to leave. WowFreeCam.com is the number one cam site on the internet, and they are our gracious sponsors, and we want to invite you to check them out over at WowFreeCam.com. Anything you could imagine and whatever you want is just one click away if you go to wowfreecam.com. What's some of the things you could check out over on wowfreecam.com? Motorboat? Play the motorboat? You motorboat son of a bitch, you old sailor you. Or you could be into... Two chicks at the same time, man. Whatever it is that you're looking up for, wowfreecam.com will leave you with one reaction and one reaction only. You won't want to miss out all the fun going on at wowfreecam.com. So be sure to show them some love and go over. Hey, it's in the name. It's all free. Must be 18 or older to access the website. But make sure you get there as quick as you can to check out all the fun going on over at wowfreecam.com. Again, must be 18 or older to visit. Again, a big thank you to our sponsors at WowFreeCam.com. We hated to lose Tim, but you still got TR and Nate with you. TR, you're still with me? Yeah, I uh, I was just listening to the ad and uh, a little funny anecdote um, that you produced that spot for those guys. And uh, as always, thank those guys for being with us since day one. WowFreeCam.com, check it out if you want to beat off tonight. But anyway... Um, <laughs> My 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 lovely uh, my lovely lady uh, was under the impression that that two chicks at the same time clip that you pulled was actually yeah. me saying that in a different voice. She had no idea that it was a uh, a yeah. spot. Much you know. So yeah, it's from Office Space. Yeah, <laughs> it's a movie. You know, I am very talented uh, with my voices on a normal night. Usually, maybe not so much you tonight, are. but uh. But no, that that is not me. That is from Office Space, and and there's the uh, dam with Chris Tucker and whatever I forget else what you pulled, but good spot. I got a few. Anyway, sorry. There you go. No, it's fine. I do a little editing when I get a minute. I'm actually working on an editing project for a friend of the show. Uh, I'm going to steal that line, even though I've told on Twitter I can't, but I'm doing it anyway. Friend of the show, I'll be doing a little editing project. Actually, probably tonight after the show and, and sending it over to them. Uh, so you'll, you'll see, uh, I'll tell you about it off air, but right now we're looking at ESPN.com and I'm checking out our leading scores in the league right now per game. You would not believe the top five leading scores in the league this season. It's really a, a kind of a, a strange looking bunch. If I can say that. Uh, who's who of who cares? Well, not necessarily. I mean, there's some good players. The leading scorer in the NBA, of course, again, early on, grain of salt, as we've said, Blake Griffin leads the league in scoring at 36.3 points a game. 
that he is averaging right now. Take a wild stab at uh, who's number two, Tr. The way you uh, said that, uh, you know, I might have to say Giannis. No, he's not okay. even in the top five. Mm. Hell, he's not I even in know. the top ten. Damn. Kimba Walker, 33 uh, points yeah. a game. Yeah, he dropped that 40-some-odd points that one game. Yeah, yeah. He, he's on a, he's on a different level playing this year, and he's going to have to be if he's going to drag that squad to the playoffs. Uh, number three, Zach Levine, averaging 32.3 points per game for the Chicago Bulls. He is all scorer. And remember when we gave him away, along with Chris Dunn and Laurel Marketing for an ungrateful bastard named Jimmy Butler? I remember. Uh, number four, Steph Curry, uh, 30.5 points per game. No shocker there. And then Anthony Davis, 30.3 points a game. The brow is doing work down in New Orleans this season. So those are your leading scorers right now, your top five leading scorers per game. And um, I'll tell you what, Steph, Steph looks uh, very good. If his ankles hold up and he plays a full season, et cetera, I, I, uh, he'll be right up there in the MVP rankings again. Oh, yeah. He's, he's looked great early on this season. He's actually really carried that, that team, that Golden State Warriors team so far. And uh, to kind of do a lead-in, I want to talk about a team that, that you and I both really enjoyed that we, we talked about in the offseason we were both high on, uh, and that's the Denver Nuggets. And we both liked what their additions, and we're going to be joined any minute by T.J. McBride. He is a Nuggets beach writer at Mile High Sports. Uh, he's the editor as well over there. He should be calling in any minute, but they had a huge win the other night. Uh, two-point victory at home over the Warriors where Durant scored 20, Steph scored 30, but yet the Nuggets are still able to come away with the win. Jokic had 23, Gary Harris, 28. 28, uh, my boy. 28. I've been touting him. I've been touting him and, for, uh, for a couple of years. Yeah, indeed you have. But right now we are joined by T.J. McBride, Nuggets beat writer at Mile High Sports, and he's the editor there. T.J., what's up, man? Not too much. How are you guys doing today? What's happening, TJ? Doing well, doing Not well. Actually, lot. you know, this Nuggets squad, uh, during the offseason, TR and myself have both been praising the moves that the Nuggets made, the additions of Isaiah Thomas, and they finally traded and got rid of uh, Wilson Chandler, which I think that was a long time coming. Unfortunately, Will Barton is hurt right now, but this team is just playing at a whole nother level at the moment as they are unbeaten through four games. And again, it's four games, but did you really imagine, TJ, that they would be able to come out and hang with the Golden States? I mean, they've always been able to match up with Golden State particularly well for some reason. They're 4-3 and three in their last seven games against the Warriors. So they've always kind of had their number. But in terms of beating different kinds of teams in different ways, I did not expect that from them. And that honestly, it's very great to see. They always had this ceiling. They always had the ability to be this dominant. They just never were able to actually reach that spot mentally. It seems like this team has grown up and matured throughout the offseason, and missing the playoffs in back-to-back years by one game will do that to a team like this. So I was actually, it's good to see them realize how talented they could actually be. 
Yeah, TJ TR here. I was uh I've been singing the praises of Gary Harris. I just since he played for Tom Izzo at Michigan State, I just like that guy's game. He got drafted, I don't know, you would probably remember better than me, somewhere around like seventeen or eighteen or something like that. And to me he was possibly a top five player in that draft as far as what I project is gonna be a solid, like long term NBA player. And in that specifically in that Warriors uh game the other night or a couple nights ago um he was just whatever Steph was doing and that the other side of the court Gary Harris bang 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 and uh you know I'm glad that the the world's kind of seeing it this season what are your thoughts on Gary well Gary's a guy that when he came into the league his first season was really rough for him he he questioned if he was even an NBA player at that point. He shot 30% from the field, 20% from the three-point line, only averaged three points a game, only playing 13 minutes a night. And things were really in shambles for him, and he was worried for a while there. Um, he came in and had his, his exit interview with Tim Connolly. And from that moment forward, Gary Harris just became one of the most tireless workers I've ever seen. That's why you've seen him literally add something new to his game seemingly every two or three months. And now he has put himself into the conversation for a top five shooting guard in basketball, and he could, as Mason Plumley said, be an outside chance at being an all-star this year. I mean, the guy just continually fights to improve in different ways, whether it's becoming a lethal shooter, whether it's being the lethal off-ball cutter that he was. Now he's taking guys off the dribble. We all know he's a very good defender as well. He just continually finds new, finds new ways to continually impact the game, and I couldn't praise him enough for the work that he's put in to become this player. Right on. Yeah, and Jokic has been playing great for uh, the Nuggets so far this season. He's really earned that raise he got. Last night against the Kings, he had 14 and 12, finished at plus 18 in the plus minus, even had six assists, shot over 50% from the field, and actually made a three-pointer last night. So you can't get mad at a a seven-footer who can do things like that. Um, How much – or what kind of value does Jokic bring to this team? Is he as important as – he's being made out to be for this Denver Nuggets team? Oh, he absolutely is. He's the engine that pushes this team along. He is the reason that their offense is so dominant. And his playmaking is he's, he's arguably the greatest passing big man of all time. That's where he's putting himself in this range. And we talk about the games he had. The triple-double that he had against the Phoenix Suns, He's the first player to have a 35-point triple-double without a turnover. He's the second player to have a 30-point triple-double with, while making every single one of his shots. And he's the only one that's had a point triple-double with four steals or more. The guy is literally breaking records at the age of 23 without any athleticism whatsoever. He is just an elite scorer from all three, spot, uh, from all three ranges on the floor. He's becoming a better defender, and he is an offensive savant when it comes to playmaking. He just sees things that nobody else sees. He's three steps ahead of everybody on the court and it's really incredible to watch he is becoming a consensus top 20 nba player across the entire league at this point in my opinion yeah he's a hell of a passer for sure especially you know considering he's a big man but yeah he's he's if 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 that were his you know primary focus he'd, he'd be on a highlight reel jason a la jason kid type of uh you know, peripheral vision and so forth. Um, I want to switch gears a little bit, but I want to—I'll I'll come back to the Nuggets after Nate. Um, we, uh, we being the Philadelphia 76ers, I'm a Philly guy. 
Uh, I'm frustrated after four games with this uh, darling prima donna team that I got. But we did in the offseason pick up Wilson Chandler, and I just a friend of the show, uh, Keith Pompey, uh, writes for the uh, Enquirer Daily News and, and travels with the team and so forth. And um, he he had put a piece on Twitter that uh, Chandler has a child that has uh, some affliction, and I forgot to click it because I've been so busy. Um, is that a new development uh, or something that's been going on? Or, and uh, part two of the question is, what can I expect from Wilson Chandler here in Philly? Well, when it comes to the um, the individual that he spends time with, it's a child who's a brain tumor, and he has had this connection. What I what I understand a couple of years now, I believe, and that just really is Wilson Chandler. Though he did a ton of charity work in Colorado when he was playing for the Nuggets, um, he was always involved in the community in some capacity, even back in New York and back in his hometown as well. So this is exactly what you can expect from Wilson Chandler off the court. On the court, Great. I mean, you have a guy who's a passable three-point shooter. Um, I wouldn't call him a three-point threat, but if you leave him open, he can knock down a shot. And I think the big thing that he provides is a real defensive versatility on the wing. He can defend fives. He can defend shooting guards. He really is a four-position defender. And that is his biggest attribute at this point. He's not the same slasher he was. He tore his labrum twice in his hip. So he isn't the same explosive athlete that he once was. But as a passable shooter and a higher-level defender, he can be a strong 3-and-D guy, and he can start if you need him to, or he can end up just being somebody you bring up, off the, bring up off the bench and have him really flip into the starting lineup as well as the reserve unit and kind of bridge the gap between both rotations. Good, good, good. That's good news. I'm looking forward to his debut. Well, speaking of debuts, Isaiah Thomas, uh, who the Nuggets acquired in the offseason through free agency, uh, he has yet to debut for the Nuggets, and they've offered no timetable on his return. But it seems like Isaiah is really trying to get in good with his teammates. I found an article recently doing research. Um, Isaiah Thomas, this is from the Denver Post, in case you haven't seen this. Isaiah Thomas apparently got all the players on his team retro boomboxes and a pair of Beats headphones uh, just to kind of integrate himself into the team, and he bought them all gifts. Uh, so Isaiah really trying to be a, a teammate here in Denver. Uh, what are your thoughts on Isaiah, uh, TJ, and when do you think we're going to see him make his debut? When it comes to his debut, there is no timetable, like you said. I'm at the point where I'm starting to speculate that I, I don't think we'll see him till November, maybe even December. He's being extremely cautious with that hip. I mean, he has already been through enough because of that hip, losing out on hundreds of millions of dollars potentially because of that hip injury. So he is not going to come back early. That is for damn sure at this point. So we'll see what happens with that. But when it comes to what he's been able to do off the court, the Nuggets had a weird issue where they were just a very quiet locker room last year. They didn't have a whole lot of flair. There weren't a lot of loud, bolsterous personalities. But Isaiah Thomas does bring that, and he also brings um, a confidence and a swagger about him that really should hopefully take hold within the rest of the Nuggets players. These guys know that they're good, but they don't realize how good they can be. And Isaiah Thomas has done everything in his power to be that veteran leader. Michael Malone coached him in Sacramento for a very long time, for you know, that year and a half, and he was one of the very few coaches who was able to get through to Isaiah and also be able to figure out the best way to utilize him. And Malone knew that when he was bringing him in, that even if he wasn't going to be playing, that he would still bring a different level of leadership and 
of vocalness that the Nuggets just didn't have before. So Malone is empowering him to be that guy. Huh. I, uh, this GR again, I, you know, just a quick question about the city of Denver. Um, I've always been told how beautiful it is out there. So it's on the bucket list to stop. But uh, I had just eaten a, a Gatano's pizza really quickly before the show. Let's just say I'm a couple pounds overweight. How's that altitude going to affect a, a regular guy and a non-athlete? It, it, you'll feel it. That's without a doubt. I mean, it's, it only lasts for about 36 hours usually, but people do get gen, like actually sick from the altitude in some situations. The altitude is a very real thing to fight out here. And it's why the Nuggets have always had the best home court advantage in basketball that does not relate to fans. It does help to play at a fast pace out here because it's tough to catch that second win when the altitude is thinning the air like it does out here. I mean, you're getting like 30% less oxygen in some situations, depending on how you're pushing your body. So it's, it, it is a very, very real factor. Dan, Nate, we better stay away from there for a while. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that uh that doesn't exactly scream big man friendly. Uh TJ, we don't believe we're going to see Michael Porter Jr. this year. At least that's, you know, what I'm predicting. If you know something different, please let me know, but for something tells me we're not going to see Michael Porter Jr. this season. So the Nuggets right now uh with no Isaiah Thomas, they've and Will Barton is out as well. They just keep winning. They have Paul Millsap, who's playing great. Uh, Jamal Murray, who's a great player. Um, But Trey Lyles is a guy who's getting some minutes off the bench. And he's a guy that I don't think a lot of people give enough credit to how good he can be. He was plus six the other night in the Kings game. He had 12 points, five rebounds, three assists, um, shot five of 12 from the field. So I I think he could be a good player. How is a guy like Trey Lyles – uh, doing in Denver with his role, and also another guy that they added, Michael Beasley, uh, only played 19 and a half minutes, but he had 11 points. He shot 50% from the field. His defense was a little lackluster, finished minus 13 in the plus minus. But how are those two guys doing out there in Denver in this new environment for both of them? Well, first off, um, it's not Michael Beasley, it's Malik Beasley. Michael Beasley is with the Lakers right now. Oh, I'm sorry. So I, look, I, that, is I actually... looked at the wrong thing. I'm sorry. I looked at the wrong name. Oh, my no, you're, my good. you're good. I just wanted to make sure that we were, you know, on top of that one. But uh, Malik Beasley, I actually thought his defense was strong last night. His plus minus got taken down because he played with the end of the bench guys in the, at the end of the fourth quarter, the Devon Kuhn Purcells, the Thomas Welshes, and they really struggled defensively. So his plus minus got very altered because of that. Uh, Malik Beasley is playing on this Nuggets team right now because of his defensive versatility, because of his energy that he brings to the table, all of the aggression that he has. He had one of the most ridiculous blocks I've seen in a long time last night, actually, on Frank Mason III. So Malik Beasley is the guy that's starting to fit into this rotation. But when it, we start talking about Trey Lyles, he's really the bench player who can unlock this bench and weaponize it and make it an absolute force instead of just passable like it is right now. His mixture of three-point shooting, post-play, the ability to create for others off the bounce and really play with a live dribble, he is such a complete offensive player that he makes the lives easier of everybody else around him. So Monte Morris, who was filling in for Isaiah Thomas as a backup point guard, doesn't have the same creation responsibilities on his shoulders. Same with Mason Plumley, who was brought in to be a, you know, 
quasi playmaking center on the off the bench unit. So Trey Lyles is really the player that can unlock a lot of things the Nuggets bench unit. He's just been kind of inefficient and kind of pressing so far. During the preseason, he was lights out. I mean, the dude had all of the swagger that you could ever hope for. Um, but right now, he's kind of pressing a little bit. And if that he can start get going, it's going to change this Nuggets bench unit entirely. Oh, boy, Nate, with that Michael Beasley. You said that before, and now my mind's been blown. I was, like, sitting there thinking, wait a minute, how can that guy be on two teams? Uh, anyhow, um, TJ, uh, last last question. It's more of an opinion um, from me. Uh, going in, I had the Nuggets, I believe, four on our preview show. Um, certainly no less than fifth, but I, I believe I had them at four um, in the Western Conference. And I don't think that's too tall of a task because they have a lot of depth, especially with uh, Isaiah on the way back in the meaningful months, Sands injuries. Uh, am I crazy for thinking that, he, that they can get that high? No, I actually I have them as fourth as well in my predictions. I have them as a 51 team grabbing the four seed. Even Zach Lowe of ESPN, he has them hosting a playoff series, he said today on his podcast with Chris Herring. Like, this is not a crazy thing to say anymore. This Nuggets team is legit, and if you wanted to put tiers in the Western Conference, it's Golden State in the tier of their own, Houston right below them, and then Denver and Utah fighting for that three and four area. Like, that is how good this Nuggets team is, and they're just starting to reach their potential. They're still 23, 24, 21 years old as their core guys. Like, when they start to mature, there is so much upside within this team, and it's going to be really fun to watch them mature right in front of our eyes and really grow up. Because if they do, this could absolutely be a team who is hosting the playoff series at the Pepsi Center this year. Right on. Well, we don't want we don't want to be the kind of guys to tell the folks out there we told you so. But if you go far enough back in our archives, you'll see that we've been high on Denver all off season. Uh, but but TJ, one last question, and I'll I'll let you I'll let you get out of here. Uh, when this when you get Isaiah Thomas back healthy, when you get Will Barton back healthy, um, do you see this run by the Nuggets kind of just continuing, or do you think they'll falter a little bit trying to? get these new guys back into rotation and getting everything feet, you know, straightened out for a playoff run, because I think it's a foregone conclusion. We're going to see the nuggets in the playoffs this year. Yeah, the only really, um, in, you know, integration that I worry about is Isaiah Thomas. But I think Will Barton will step right back in that starting lineup like nothing happened. It'll push Torrey Craig right back into his bench role, which he is used to anyway. Torrey Craig is as malleable as a player as you could hope for. Six seven, seven foot wingspan, a little bit of handles, a little bit of shooting, can really do whatever you need. So he can go anywhere. Um, the interesting part is going to be if Isaiah Thomas comes back, does Monte Morris get eliminated from the rotation? I'm of the mindset that they may just have have Malik or Wancho Hernan Gomez not play as many minutes and play both Monte Morris and Isaiah Thomas together off the bench. But that's really going to be the only rotational spot that I'm going to be looking for. All right. TJ McBride, ladies and gentlemen, from Mile High Sports. He is the editor. He's a beat writer over there for the Nuggets. And we thank you so much for coming on, giving us some of your time to talk about the Denver Nuggets squad that TR and I have been very interested in. Uh, let our listeners know where they can find you and read your work. Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at, at TJ McBride NBA. Go to milehighsports.com. Click on that Nuggets link. You'll see tons and tons of work all throughout there. And then subscribe to the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast on iTunes. Um, just wanted to say again, thank you, gentlemen, for having me on. Always love talking Nuggets to people. 
Anytime, right, TJ. I hope to have you back soon. Yeah, reach out whenever. It's all good talking. Will do. Well, that's TJ McBride. TR, we're going to take a one of our, I think this will be our final timeout, and we'll be right back right after this. Personal injury, automobile accidents, workplace accidents, mesothelioma, social security disability, unfair insurance practices, family law, employment discrimination, all these things and more can be helped by new law office. Stephen P. New will fight for you and your rights. Mr. New, what is there to do if you're in an automobile accident? When car wrecks happen, insurance is always involved. Did you know that in West Virginia, we have the highest percentage of uninsured and underinsured motorists driving on our highways? That means that when you're in a car wreck, your attorney needs to know how to work with your insurance company to maximize the compensation that you'll receive. If you've been in a car wreck, call me, Stephen P. New. For your free consultation, call 1-888-692-8084 or visit newlawoffice.com. Stephen P. New will fight for you to get you where you need to be. He's a proud sponsor of our program, and Mr. New is a stand-up national and local attorney. Stephen P. New, attorney at law, answers to your legal questions. Again, thanks to WowFreeCam.com and the law offices of Stephen P. New, our fantastic sponsors who help bring you this show each and every week. So, TR, I wanted to bring up a game the other night that happened. I don't know if you saw it. It was kind of a surprise. That's going to lead me to where we need to get to uh, here in just a couple minutes. But uh, right now, as I'm looking at the scores here, and I'm seeing the beatdown that the Nuggets have finally are starting to put on my T-Wolves. That's not shocking. Um, But the game I want to talk to you about happened two nights ago in Boston. The very surprising Orlando Magic put up 93 points and defeat the Boston Celtics 93 to 90 in Boston. So, what are your thoughts on that? Not surprising. Not surprising. I didn't know you were done. Um, Not surprising to me. uh, If you listen to a couple past episodes, I have Aaron Gordon as the uh, uh, most improved player, and I, I said, look out for those guys. They got so many big bodies, et cetera, et cetera. The Sixers at home uh, beat them by one and just had to hold on to their crotch to get out of there alive in their own building. And then it, I believe it was the next night on a back-to-back they went into Boston and took care of business. Uh, when yeah, you got I believe, an Aaron I believe you're Gordon, right. When you've got a motivated Aaron Gordon, a Jonathan Isaac, a Mo Bamba, a Vucevic, et cetera, you got, you got some uh, – Big big homies down low, you know what I'm saying? You got some big bodies down there. And uh, uh, not to take away from Boston, but we also said, both you and I, that implementing uh, Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving to the rotation that, that went to the Eastern Conference Finals last year was going to be a little bit of a process. And uh, by the end of the season and playoff times, I'm sure it will rectify. But, um, you know, it's a, it's a little bit difficult to do when you have seven or eight valid starters and you got to figure out which five you're going with and minute distribution and so forth. And I'm not going to blame that on Orlando's win. I think Orlando's a lot better than a lot of people thought. And um, Boston is just kind of putting it together right now. Boston will be there in the end. Uh, as much as I hate 
to say it as a Sixers fan, but I'm not a typical Philadelphian where I just hate Boston because I'm supposed to. I respect greatness no matter where it is. And Boston will come around, but yeah, um, the Orlando, uh, you know, would I say I called it for Orlando to go in there and win? No. Does it shock me? Not at all. I think Orlando's going to be pushing our bulls maybe, you know, for that A seed of an unexpected team. It might be. Um, looking at the, the numbers, the here's the Magic Squad. Um, Jonathan Isaac, double-double, 18 points, 12 rebounds, finished at plus seven. Your boy, your up. boy, not my boy, Aaron Gordon, 13 points, three rebounds, an assist, three steals, although he finished at minus seven in the plus-minus. Ah, Nikola Vucevic. Like that, but I... Nikola Vucevic, 24 points, 12 rebounds. Excuse me, Vucevic had the three steals. Gordon had none. So Nikola Vucevic had three steals to go with 24 points, 12 rebounds. He finished at plus 10 in the plus minus. Evan Fournier, 14, 6, 10 assists. He finished at plus 10. DJ Augustine, 10 points. Not a good player, by the way, Fournier. Oh, yeah, Fournier's a great player. Uh, DJ Augustine, 10 points, 10 assists. He finished at plus 12 in the plus minus. Mo Bamba had five rebounds, did not get a score, but he did get two big blocks. So Mo Bamba doing it on the defensive end for now. No points scored, but two blocks, five rebounds. Um, and he finished in, he finished it even in the plus minus. So, and he actually got about 19 minutes playing time the other night for the Magic. So this Magic team, man, I'm telling you, if they can get, a young point guard kind of integrate these young players in. Could you imagine Vucevic and Gordon and Isaac and Mo Bamba and just all these players. And if they had a guy who was a superstar stud point guard, because no offense to DJ Augustine, who's a good player. He's a good player, but he's not a stud superstar point guard. He is the guy running the point right now. Could you imagine what that team could do if they had that? That's really all they're missing. That and a nice, deep bench. I mean, Terrence Ross a good player. Simmons a good player. But, you know, they're really missing a deep bench. They only played eight guys or nine guys here. Nine guys the other night. So, might need to get a bit deeper on the bench. But other than that, this team is almost there. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to jump ahead of ourselves because they do. They do. I agree absolutely, one hundred percent. They need a guy to facilitate and kind of lead their those young big guys along the way. And uh, you know, um, I don't know if that's going to come via trade if they're if they're in the hunt. I don't know where that can come from. They they had Alfred Patron. Patron. I'm thinking of our Patreon site. Alfred Payton at one point. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, yeah, Alfred's a a good player, but he had a you know a much younger Aaron Gordon, and he didn't have a Bamba, and uh, you know Jonathan Isaac is only in season two, et cetera. So all the pieces weren't there at the same time. So I agree wholeheartedly, um, and I'm sure our friend Philip down there will have him back on uh, fairly soon if the Magic continues to play well. But um, but yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. If they can pick up a guard, uh, you know you're going to look at a good team in Florida and, I, and it's not the heat anymore. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, Philip has even told us in the off season, that was their biggest, you know, not, I won't call it blunder, 
but that was their biggest uh, need, was definitely at the point guard position. Right now, if the playoffs started today, the Magic would squeak in as the eight seed. Of course, way too early to make that kind of assessment, so you, you can't go out and, and say that. But, I mean, that's that's a team, TR, that's almost there. And, and people are going to overlook them, and then they're going to jump up and surprise a few people. And people are going to be like, well, where did they come from? But right now on the season, Alfred Payton is averaging in New Orleans 13 points per game, almost 14. We'll just go ahead and round it up to 14. We'll go ahead and round up eight rebounds per game and seven assists as well as a steal per game in New Orleans. So he is playing pretty solid right now in um, New Orleans. Well, of course, he's throwing the ball to you know, Anthony Davis, and then you got Julius Randle down there who's having a, a great year. His career – his career average on points per game is 13.6. Right now, he is up to 18, almost 19 points a game per. Uh, per. So, Julius Randle's already improved his numbers offensively greatly with Anthony Davis and company down there. He had 18 and 5 against the Clippers. He had 13 points, 14 rebounds against the Kings. And he had 25 points, 8 rebounds in that win against the Houston Rockets. So, Julius Randle, your guy, you love him. What what do you think about him moving on and playing well so far? Well, you set me up again for toot toot, tooting our own horns. Um, I was very vocal about Julius Randle. I, I, you know, I could see where the Lakers were coming from. If, you know, do you want to have that money for a quote unquote superstar or lockdown Julius Randle and, uh, I don't know what I would do in that position, but I knew he certainly was an upcoming player who broke his leg in literally his first game in the NBA. Um, And he was a stud at Kentucky. I thought once he improved his footwork a little bit, which he seems to have gotten down, um, there's a star on the floor next to him who attracts a lot of attention. And that would be Anthony Davis. And it's like a matchup nightmare. Yeah. It's a matchup nightmare for anyone when you're trying to double team an Anthony Davis, and then you got all those other guys that can they can do the thing like Peyton and uh, uh, Miritich, et cetera, and Julius Randle's just the next Zach Randolph, in my opinion. You know that's a great comparison, actually, Tr. Um, you know we had Tracy Murray on the show. Um, I got to do that interview with him, which if you haven't listened to that episode, I please. Go go listen to that sit-down I had with Tracy Murray. It was about an hour long, the interview was, but I swear it was one of the one of the best things I've ever got to do in terms of this show, in terms of broadcasting period. It was great talking to him. And he talked about Julius Randle and developing his shot, and he said the same thing. He said he wanted to make Julius Randle into the next Zach Randolph. He wanted Julius Randle to be the guy that when you hit it down low – his feet are so quick that you have to show him respect. And his feet are faster than Zach Randolph. And if he post and he gets you in a triple threat position, you have to respect his ability to move his feet. But now if he slows down and goes up with those hands to shoot the ball, that nice slow shot that he can have because of his ability to move his feet so quick, he's going to get wide open, you know, 10 to 12 footers all day. So Julius Randle could end up being – this move to New Orleans could influence his career and make him so much better in terms of his ability on the court. And you know what? 
if he's able to, to improve and keep going beside Anthony Davis, this guy could have all-star written all over him here in a year or two. Uh, I, I agree. The sky's the limit. And it kind of makes me shake my head when, when the national programs, you know, it, it, it's kind of funny because, you know, we're not 100% right. Nobody is. We're not God. We're pretty close. We're about 95% right about everything we've said collectively or we've talked off air and talked each other into our point of view and our perspective on something we know a lot about. And, you know, these national, uh, you know, the ESPNs and the Fox were always, you know, swirling stuff about where is Anthony, where's AD going to go? He don't need to go anywhere. He's got a, he's got a contender right where he's at. Um, yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're constantly talking about him being part of a big three and, you know, can he go to Boston? Can he go here? Can he go there? Well, I don't know. If I were him and looked at the personnel around me, and uh, I don't, you know, as a young man, Unibrow's got Mardi Gras there anytime he wants. The city of New Orleans, it's not a bad place to live, from what I understand. Uh, if you're, uh, well, maybe, maybe it is, maybe it isn't so great for him because he's in shape and cares about athleticism, but. For a guy like me, I'd want to be down there. But anyhow, um, yeah, I, I, I don't. <laughs> uh, Those 12 yeah. ounce let's, curls let's that you do, my friend. Those 12 ounce curls, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, back back to being serious, I, I don't. I think it would be, uh, you know, foolish of, of the uh, Pelicans to even consider that because a few injuries to uh, key players like, you know, the Steph Curry's of the world. You're talking anything's possible right there. So, um, well, remember I certainly... last season. Last season, the Pelicans were like they they were in the second round of the playoffs. Everybody's like, "Oh, Anthony Davis needs to go to Boston." Anthony, why the hell would he do that? They they got better. They got rid of an aging yeah. Rondo who's apparently spitting and fighting all over the place, and they brought in Alfred Payton, who is a younger version of Rondo, and he's actually improved quite a bit now that he's got some help around him. Uh, and well, then he cut he, he cut that stupid hair off the top of his head. God, thank God. But anyway, thank God for that. Yeah. Let, let, can we stop and, and just agree? Thank God for that. And yeah. then you've got guys on that team. You bring in Julius Randle. He's a six nine power forward. No, he's not Demarcus Cousins, who you made the offer to. But that that twin tower thing just wasn't paying off, and it wasn't working. No. Whereas. And then they've got Jaleel Okafor, who they've been playing this season, and, and he's a big guy. Granted, he's not blowing the world away. He's only averaging two points a game right now, but he's a big guy. He's 6'11", 275. Etwan Moore's having a good shooting year so far. He's averaging 15 a game, a couple assists. And, you know, he doesn't blow me away either. They bring in Wes Johnson. They sign him. He's going to be a defensive nightmare for teams. Drew Holiday, of course, is Drew Holiday. You know, he's going to get you 11 points, nine yeah, assists a I mean, game. It's, we didn't even mention him. He's a, you know, perennial, perennial all-star anytime, any season. Well, you want to you hear know. the big one here, Nikola Mirotic, who's playing at yeah. the three position. He's 6'10", and this guy's averaging 28 points, 10 rebounds a game right now. He's averaging those, those points. in with this team, he had – 30 and 10 against Houston. He had 36 and 9 against Sacramento. And then he had 18 and 12 the other night against the Clippers in the win. So it's, it's almost their, this their team's almost team. almost has like a nugget. They have almost like a nugget type roster with an AD on top of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, they have uh, the Nugget identity. They just have that superstar who kind of right. makes up for their lack of depth at the, the two and the three. Because, you know, they have Drew Holiday. I'm not super wild about Etwan Moore, but he gets the job done. They're, they don't have they just don't have a lot of outside shooting other than Miracic and Holiday. And that's to me that's gonna be what costs them. If they can add if they were able to add a guy like a Malik Monk who we've looked at this season who's improved so much in that Charlotte team and Malik Monk's playing great right now and we love him. We'll try to talk about him some more next week. But if they can add some outside shooting this Pelicans team, to me, could easily compete with that Golden State team. I know that sounds ludicrous, but they're going to need to have shooters, and that's what they're lacking right now. If they can, you know, somehow, some way, sign somebody out there. If they added Jimmer for dead and Jimmer shot like Jimmer can shoot, this Pelicans team would be a nightmare to try to play. Do, do I think they beat the Warriors? No. But could they hang with them? Yes. I think they have that opportunity because Anthony Davis is unguardable unguardable you can't what do you do with the guy i'm not going to argue with anything there um ad was a guy who i uh i thought got a little overhyped because he was in the conversation with the lebron james and the kevin durant two years ago and i I thought that was a little early but certainly now he's deserved of all the recognition he gets yeah i mean he's he's fantastic and everything he does and you know they played uh they they just and they've not played bad teams TR. You know, they beat Houston on opening night and everybody was like, Oh, the Rockets are back and the Rockets have struggled so far this season, um, in terms of what we think out of them, because right now they're one and two. And I believe they're playing tonight, if I'm not mistaken. Um and they yes, they are, and they're losing by fourteen to the Jazz. Carmelo Anthony we team killer. So, but... No, we told you so. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I told you so, but, you know, anyway, we've really tooted our own horn a lot tonight, and we have been wrong. The Bulls have not lived up to the hype so far. We've also been wrong. Oklahoma City has struggled so far, so we'll give you those two. We've got those two wrong so far. The Pacers, by the way, have a 10-point lead on the Spurs at halftime, and Minnesota has brought it respectable but we'll probably lose with a minute and a half left in the game. One game, two games, or one game has gone final. Brooklyn beats Cleveland 102 to 86. That's a final. Cleveland slips to 0 and 4. Not trying to say I told you so that they were going to be bad, but anyway, <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah, we yeah, got some it, stuff wrong, but man, we're right about a lot so far. Again, it's early, early in the season. It's really laughable, though. I mean, you could – I challenge anyone. I Go back to last season's – the show that popped up on my Facebook feed, the first show we ever did before we knew each other uh, in person as far as video for, what, yeah. uh, three weeks Three weeks before we jumped on there? and uh, Roughly, yeah. You, you're not going to find um, two guys dialed in as, as, as well as we are. I mean, I, I hate to – to speak the truth, but it's just a fact. You can listen to anybody you want, or you can watch anybody you want. With uh, like like Nate brought up earlier, the even Vegas putting seven to two odds on the Lakers to win the NBA final. 
I believe that was it. If not, it was to win the West or something, but equally it, it was as something ridiculous. like that. It was very high for them to win, and I'm just sitting there looking at those numbers going, who made this? This is insane. Uh, and you can go back and find that episode where we talked about the odds and how ridiculous. And if you go back to the preview show, I still stand by that the Lakers aren't even in the top eight in the West this year barring a major trade at the trade deadline or something like that. But what they got is, is just LeBron and a bunch of kids. So anyway, toot toot. I can't argue that, but you know, we talked, we mentioned the thunder not being as good as advertised this year so far. I think that will improve with Westbrook coming back to the lineup and, and things getting sorted out. There's a big game on tomorrow night. The Boston Celtics are traveling to Oklahoma city. I, for one, I'm excited to watch that one because to me, this is two teams that have kind of underperformed so far. And that's going to be sure. one I'm going to be parked in front of. And that game's on ESPN. So you don't want to miss that. And I got a chance TR, to talk to our buddy, the voice of the Boston Celtics, Sean Grandy. I had a chance to, to speak to him about the Celtics this season so far. And he had, you know, he had, some, he had quite a bit to say. We talked for about, you know, 13 and a half minutes or so. He was catching his flight, getting to Oklahoma City for that big game tomorrow. So, right now, we're going to go to my talk. Sean was actually our first guest and and an old buddy buddy since, uh, God, he was 14 or 13, and I was about 17 or – I always – Nate, I got to cling to you if you're – let me know if you're going to be successful so I can cling to you. I always like – I lose touch with the wrong people, and I stay in touch with the guys that end up mopping floors but anyway go ahead <laughs> gee thanks lose my number you fool no, i'm kidding i love you uh, <laughs> but here's my talk with sean grandy and uh, we'll see you on the other side to wrap up so tr can go watch the bucks and the sixers but here's my talk with sean grandy about the boston celtics So joining me right now is the voice of the Boston Celtics, Sean Grandy. Sean, thanks for jumping on with us again. Piece of cake. That's the beauty of the phone, right? From anywhere, anywhere in the world, any place, sitting on a plane, sitting in an airport, I'm here. Oh, yeah, I love it. And you're traveling right now to, I believe, Oklahoma City, if I'm not mistaken? Headed to Oklahoma City, yeah. I had a little uh, stop by to make yesterday, so doing the old uh, commercial, flying like a regular person deal which is tough because they don't they don't appreciate as much when you just start grabbing drinks and you know where's the big spread like where's our whatever where's my lake so, yeah yeah it's yeah commercial flying once in a while exactly yes yeah, gotta fly like i have to fly now i'm six five and they cram me into a coach seat it's not fun but oh, either way either well, remember, way uh maxwell max my partner maxwell has been you know he's trying he's in the era of commercial travel and sometimes those guys all the first class seats would be gone so those guys would be flying cross country in oh. in coach seats you know in, in a generation oh, yeah. gone by so yeah oh yeah that is a pain but let's go ahead and talk about the celtics they kick off the regular season first game of the year last tuesday against the, the uh, 76ers to get the big win there then uh the big matchup that probably everyone had circled they go on and play toronto they lose the Toronto game, but they look pretty dominant in the 76ers game. What do you think was different about 
the Celtics from the first game of the season into the Toronto game? They played a much better team. That's the short answer. Uh, you know, Toronto was legit about as high a level of game as you could play on the 19th of October, you know, with everybody starting so early and having limited training camp. And uh, I thought you could make the argument if you wanted to, although there were times they looked really good at the Sixer game, particularly the second half. You could make the argument if you want the Celtics' best game before they played was the one in Toronto because Toronto played so well that night and Kawhi Leonard played so well that night. Uh, but, you know, big picture, you look at the four preseason games and the four regular season games, I think it's pretty fair to be underwhelmed by what you've seen from the Celtics. Some of it makes sense, but, again, the, you're, the summer of hearing how good you are and the expectations, and, of course, the Celtics are going to win the East and they're going to win, they could win 60 games and Jason Tatum is the next who knows what. That stuff, it's impossible to tune it all out when you're 20, 21, 22 years old. And the Celtics have some, you know, they're going to have issues here. I don't think big picture this is really a problem, but it's going to take some time to figure out the rotation to get Gordon Hayward back completely comfortable and healthy. The question is how patient are people going to be if this team that everyone thought was going to be so great starts 12 and 10, for example. Yeah, and it's actually not uncommon. You see a lot of teams that are having to kind of put it back together, whereas the Celtics went on a nice run last year with – um, you know, Terry Rozier and all those guys with Irving and Hayward out. Now you have to get everybody's mindset right going into this season, and you throw in Hayward and Irving back. And uh, the first game, they looked underwhelming, I thought, against the Sixers. They they only had 17 points uh, between the two of them. And then they lose in Toronto, they've lost, and then they lose the other night to the Orlando Magic. So not the season everyone had pictured so far, what has to change for the Celtics in order for them to improve and to, to move forward and be that number one team that everyone's predicting them to be? I think everybody needs to be comfortable with their role and how many minutes they're going to play. Where you're coming off the game where Terry Rozier only played 15, 16 minutes and played very short stints in the game. And I think the biggest issue is Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward are there, but this isn't fantasy basketball, fantasy basketball and you're not playing you know, NBA 2K. They're not the exact same players that they were when they got hurt in the first place, everyone is focused on Gordon because he's been gone for a year. Kyrie Irving hasn't played in six or seven months. So all of these things are going to take time. And while they do take time, the Celtics, and this is an issue, even in Boston, is not getting a ton of play, how difficult the early schedule is. Like NBA fans know these aren't necessarily the sexiest teams to talk about. Denver, Utah, Indiana, even OKC. But NBA fans know these are locked playoff teams essentially home court playoff teams, and all the teams I just mentioned, plus Toronto, plus Portland, are all places the Celtics have to play on the road in the first 16 games of the year, which is why I think you know a 9-7 and seven start isn't going to be received very well, but if you're a Celtics fan who really understands what's going on here, 9-7, and seven, you're, you're going to be just fine. What's going to make the, the psychology interesting is that we're talking – a week into the season, and the Celtics are already two plus, two, two and a half, two plus games behind Toronto in the in the East, because Toronto is 4-0 and they got the head-to-head game. So all of a sudden you're looking at a situation where if this continues with the Celtics, and it might with a tough schedule, you could be three, four, five games behind Toronto by Thanksgiving, and that is not what people had in mind. Yeah, and then this offseason Marcus Smart got the big payday and uh my co-host TR and myself, we absolutely love Marcus Smart. We're big, big fans of his. And, you know, his numbers haven't been overwhelming 
if you look at him on paper. But this guy's such a defensive presence. Um, has Marcus lived up to his offseason payday so far in playing with the Celtics this season? Yeah, I mean, it's crazy early. But, of course, you know, listen, there, you, you're, you're talking, I think, all of us here at this little group, with us talking is sort of the cradle of, you know, Marcus Smart fandom. Um, you know, it's ironically, it's like you're ready to fly back to Oklahoma. He's He does even the things defensively that do show up with all the advanced metrics and all the fancy things they can do now. He still does so many things that they haven't figured out a way to quantify yet, even with all the advanced metrics and little plays he makes that, that turn games around. So I think Marcus Smart is probably that little bench group, Smart, Terry Rozier, even Marcus Morris, who people thought these are the guys that everyone was talking about, well, this could be a problem because of their minutes. And they have been, for the preseason and the first four games of the regular season, the most consistent players. So, Yeah, and, of course, we've talked – you mentioned Jason Tatum earlier. Tatum has really emerged as probably the guy that maybe the – he could be possibly – now, this is early season talk here, so take it with a grain of salt, but he could be the best player on that Celtics team. Do you think he, right now – is the Celtics guy moving forward here, even with Kyrie and Hayward and uh, company there? No, it's inevitable that it's going to happen. And my biggest concern is I get texts all the time. You get texts from your friends, whatever. It's like, hey, where does Jason Tatum rank? Is he top 10 right now in the NBA? Is he top 15 in the NBA? And then he has a bad night like he had against Orlando. And everyone is reminded, I think he makes you forget that he's 20 years old by some of the things that he does and the poise with which he plays and that he carries himself with in general. And then there are nights, it suddenly gets jarring. You go, wow, well, he's playing like he's 20 again. And, you know, he's, he has defense play. He was a very good defensive player last year, but he has had lapses defensively early in the year. And I think it's really hard, as grounded as he is. Imagine being 20 years old and having everybody tell you how great you are and having all these discussions like we're having now, it's like, well, I see the best player on the team that has Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward and Al Horford and all these veteran players. It's almost impossible to tune all of that out, even if you want to. So I think the, the trick is for him just to keep getting better. Is he ahead of a lot of superstar Hall of Fame players or at age 20? He absolutely is. Is he a guy you take in the top 10 of a NBA futures draft? you had a guy for the next five or six years? Absolutely. Is he the Celtics' best player right now? No. Okay, fair enough there. Um, the Magic game was kind of a surprise, especially with the Celtics being at home. The Magic come in, and Vucevic and Jonathan Isaac just uh, both had a fantastic game overall. What did the Celtics struggle with in that game in order to slow down two really big guys who are really good on the glass and in terms of shooting the ball. What what are the Celtics' struggles right now? Well, you know what's funny is that you can, if you close your eyes, you know, drive and don't do that, but if you close your eyes, you can picture in that game, Vucevic getting offensive rebounds, Jonathan Isaac crashing the glass, coming up. The Celtics out-rebounds Orlando in that game the other night. It, was, it wasn't the second-chance opportunities. It, you know, it's, there were significant moments in the game, but it was the lack of offensive continuity. You picture the baskets at Orlando. Orlando scored 93 points. You hold a team to 93. In the NBA these days, in this new league in which everybody is scoring 120, I mean, that literally 93 points, I haven't seen what the numbers are today. That's about That feels like 20 to 22 points below what teams are averaging right now in the league. So the problem wasn't on the defense end or on the glass. The problem was the Celtics' just offensive continuity is not there. Now, I said Vucevic and Isaac are fun. They had a Vucevic had an unbelievable 
Vucevic destroyed Joel Embiid two nights earlier in Philadelphia. He's one of the more overlooked players in the league. And, you know, they've got a coach in Steve Clifford who's done does a great job limiting turnovers. He's going to do really well there. That said, if you're a favorite in the Eastern Conference, and one of the better, you got to beat Orlando at home. There's no, you know, there's no whitewashing that. And just think about it wasn't unlike you know Game Seven. Everybody will forget Game Seven against the Cavs last year. The Celtics were the best defensive team in the NBA last year, and they're one of their top five defensive games was that seventh game. They just could not score, and the Celtics right now are taking bad shots and they're out of rhythm on the offensive end. And if Orlando comes back, whenever they come back to Boston later in the year, if the Celtics hold them to 93 points, they're going to beat them by 20. So would you say that early on in the season right now the Celtics are struggling the most in terms of their offensive uh, capabilities, or is there other things that they need to improve on besides scoring the basketball? Well, I think that offense is – that's number one on top of us because they're still – you know, you're going to get better in every phase as the season goes on, but their effort level is high in the defense. I'm not sure effort is the problem offensively, just execution, taking bad shots, shooting early in the shot clock, you know, sort of hero ball, everyone's – sort of either trying to do it themselves or, or being too unselfish. There's that pocket you have to get into where you're you're not just jacking up a three early in the shot clock, but you're not making 12 passes either. And even Gordon Hayward, who really looked to some degree in rhythm and was making shots, he wasn't at the point the other night. He wasn't at the point yet where he, really, he can say, you know what, this is my night to take over. He's not comfortable enough yet to do that. So he was overpassing. And so passing or not passing enough, and they just haven't. With this group, with all of these players available, and it's the first time because even with Kyrie last year, there was no Gordon Hayward. This is the first time with all of these players, they have to find their rhythm offensively. Does it take 10 games? Does it take 20? Does it take 30? It really doesn't matter because if they find it, they find it, and they're going to be a very difficult out for anybody come playoff time. But in the meantime, I think there's going to be a lot of conversations like the one you and I are having right now for the next uh, couple of weeks. Oh, yeah, and I still think that the Celtics are going to be the, the number one seed in the East. That's just my personal opinion. Of course, Toronto looks good early, but, again, we're, you know, four games into the season, so you don't want to go, you know, too high on your hog here and start throwing in the towel this early. But um, looking forward to tomorrow night, Oklahoma City is playing uh, Boston. Boston's in Oklahoma City. Both teams, we'll say, have um, disappointed in, during the first few games of the season. What does Boston need to do? in order to go into the struggling Thunder at home where they play so well and make them 0-4 on the season? That's a dangerous game. Where you're, the last thing you wanted was Russell Westbrook and the Thunder being 0-3. But, again, I think it comes back to just getting better offensively, just you know, uh, finding rhythms and rotations and being better offensively than you were the, uh, the previous night. Speaking of defense, they're ordering me to shut off my phone now because against the FAA regulations. So uh, I don't know what the like, defense in the NBA is an issue, but defense with the FFA, FAA, you better you better play it right and do what they tell you to do. <laughs> Definitely. But, uh, I'm, I'm, Definitely. I'm, I'm we'll looking sh- forward to tomorrow night. Yeah, Sean, thank you so much for getting on with us. Everybody check Sean out on Twitter and listen to him calling the Celtics games. We really appreciate your time here on Wide Men Can't Jump. We hope to have you back sometime during the season talk a little more Celtics. We'll do it sometime when I'm not on a plane. You got it. Sounds good. Have a safe flight. All right, man. And that was my talk with Sean Grandy, the voice of the Boston Celtics for Wide Men Can't Jump, friend of the show, second time on. TR, you still there, brother? Yeah, um, 
I was listening intently. He, he, and both he and I should say TJ McBride as well. We had two really dialed in guests tonight. I mean, obviously Sean working for the organization and traveling with the team, being part of the Celtics organization for 20 years. Uh, but even notwithstanding, he, he really understands basketball as does TJ. So, uh, you know, I, I'd rank this show as far as guests, and, and known what the hell they're talking about as one of our best. He, he's really locked in, Sean is. Oh, yeah. I mean, both guys really know their stuff. But, hey, I'll argue that uh, maybe you and I know our stuff pretty well, too. I'm not trying to be that guy, but, you know, we both you know, we seem to know what we're doing. I don't know. I, I, I didn't want to mention it again, but, you know, I, I, I can't <laughs> confirm or deny that. But deny, I will not. Under- well, one thing I can confirm, T.R., is that we are almost out of time, and I want to make sure you get to go watch your Sixers and the Bucks, and that way we can hear what your thoughts are come next week. And i got to go speak to the woman because, hell, I may be having a baby tomorrow. You don't know. So we'll see what happens on that. But we do want to thank you guys for listening. This is Wide Men Can't Jump, our 51st episode, the one-year anniversary, next week. Don't miss it. So we want to thank our sponsors, the law offices of Stephen P. New and newlawoffice.com, wowfreecam.com, and invite you to join our Patreon page with all of our Patreon members at patreon.com slash jump. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks for downloading. We just added Spain as one of our new downloaded countries. Appreciate you, and hola is Espanol for hello. So thank you guys for joining us from Spain and all the other great countries that listen to Wide Men Can't Jump. So many of you guys, and we really appreciate every single one of you. Thank you so much. Thanks to TJ McBride. Thanks to Sean Grandy. Hope to have those two back on in the future here on Wide Men Can't Jump. You can follow TR at TR Shock on Twitter. I'm at MMITM Nathan. You can follow me on Twitter. Follow the show at Wide Jump. You can tweet us. And uh, we do a lot. of TR and I both tweet a lot from that account about hoops, so you definitely don't want to miss what we have to say, and I'm a lot more ruthless on Twitter than I ever am on this show, I can tell you that much. And um, you can listen to us on iTunes. You can download us on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, and more. Wherever you download your podcast, we're there. Tune in. Tune in as well, all those apps. We're everywhere. Yeah, tune in. We're on everything. Don't miss it. It's Wide Men Can't Jump next week, the big anniversary show. We're going to have some old friends back on the show. If you're a listener from way back and you started listening early on when we were with our buddies at LaughCast.com, you're definitely going to want to hear this episode next week. We're going to talk more hoops. We're going to have some fun, have some guests drop by, some people you haven't heard from in a while. Definitely don't miss it. TR, anything else you want to add before we get out of here? Uh, follow at T- TR Shock. I'm getting lonely with only like 2,400 followers. I need that up again. That's all. Uh, 2,400 followers. I'm getting lonely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I used to have four grand. Come on. Oh, wow. Didn't you go clean them out or something? Uh, the, 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 nah, let's not get into it. Let's just follow we me We won't now. get into that. Forget it. We, okay, all right. We won't get into that. I think I know now what you're talking about. But that's it for tonight. <laughs> Enjoy some hoops. And uh, be sure to add us on Twitter and tweet us and check us out. Don't miss what we have to say next week, one-year anniversary. Thanks for one-year memories and fun. ATR, hey, send us home.
Peace. Thanks for listening to this show on the Wide Man Radio Network, blogtalkradio.com slash wide men can't jump. You can download this and any other episode from our network at iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pod Paradise, Google Play, Player FM, and anywhere you find your favorite podcast. This show has been brought to you by the law offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com, facebook.com slash makeupkennedy, and wowfreecam.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at WideJump. You can follow us on Instagram at WideMenCan'tJump and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash WideMenCan'tJump. Please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Also, rate the show and tell us how we did. If you love us, please give us a five-star rating. Again, thanks for listening to this episode on the Wide Men Radio Network. Tune in, same time, same place, for the Wide Men Radio Network at blogtalkradio.com slash Wide Men Can't Jump. <laughs>